My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Your typical librarian is almost universal. A mastery of the Dewey Decimal System, endless stocking of shelves, and maybe an earth-toned sweater thrown in for good measure. But what happens when you have an entire library of some 700,000 titles, all of which contain no paper, no ink? Well, you call in Mayan. My name is Mayan Plout. I am the podcast librarian and content strategist at Radio Public. But Mayan isn't your typical librarian. In her three years at Radio Public, her roles evolved from a one-woman army helping individuals find individual shows to helping solve the larger discoverability issues with podcasts. That might be a lot, but Mayan already knows your first question. Like whenever somebody hears that I'm a podcast librarian, they're like, does that mean you know every podcast? Do you know a podcast about blah, blah, blah? And they'll be like, actually, yeah. <laughs> or absolutely not. You should totally make it. If you've wanted yet feared to do work that is weird, this is the show you just need to hear. I talk with my aunt about how maybe the greatest lesson she's learned in starting a podcast is to stop trying to be something you're not. Oh, and don't worry, we talk about all the podcasts you never knew you needed to hear. Until now. I'm Zay Balter, and this is Weird Work. Now let's listen to them speak about their jobs, which are quite unique. Work. Let's just start off super easy. What was the last podcast you listened to? Oh no. <laughs> Where's my phone? <laughs> so the secret of podcast librarianing is that you don't actually keep this stuff in your brain anymore. <laughs> it's just it's just in and out immediately. No, like I can't remember like exactly like, because I think part of it is I listen to such a wide range of things and I'm sampling stuff as well as listening to things that I like. I am sort of all over the place. Um, I was trying to catch up with um, Start With This, which is a podcast about making creative work. Um, and I was listening to an episode specifically about money and podcasting, which feels pretty relevant to me. Um, and I was also listening to um, the podcast Spirits. Um, I had a friend text me, you need to listen to this episode about bread. And I was like, I'm here for it. I'm ready. <laughs> so it. what percent of your listening is like, I'm listening for fun and enjoyment and happiness mm. versus like, I need to listen to a true crime podcast, a business podcast and a narrative podcast by the end of the week? Uh, I've become a lot more lax about this. And I think part of it is I have surrounded myself with enough other podcast curators that I don't feel like I need to listen to everything. I'm a lot more interested in listening to shows that fewer people know about because I'm sort of in a position to help those podcasts get heard. So 
I don't listen to things I'm not going to like at least gain something from, whether it's personal enjoyment or something else. Are you just done with Reply All? Like you're never going to listen to a Reply All? Like I don't have time for Freakonomics, <laughs> like any of these big name shows. You're just done. Um, I actually am done with Reply All, but that's for a different reason entirely. <laughs> um, I My previous job was very internet steeped and I'm having a hard time dealing with the amount of internet. So I've stopped listening to Reply All unless someone says, you need to hear this specific episode. I don't have time to hear how some very specific meme became a thing. I don't really care anymore. Somehow I still find time um, for, <laughs> for, for meme histories. I'll, okay. any, any meme history I'll listen to. The amount of listening I'm doing is sort of like burning me out in a couple of different ways. And part of it is just like I can't keep up and I don't really need to and don't really want to. So I've actually in the last couple of months in particular just like stopped adding things from shows that I've followed. And if someone says this is really good, I'll be like, great, I'm going to queue it up. and I'm going to probably listen to it in the next week rather than like two months from now. So give me like at the height of your I'm listening to a shit ton of shows, like how many hours within a week would you say you're listening? Oh, God. It's probably 20 to 30 hours a week, but like it really depends. Yeah. The more I listen to podcasts, the more I want to like listen and like engage with other kinds of media as well. Like, you know, we just went to this podcast conference. I listened to Zero Podcast this weekend because I read two books. It was great. So you're all, oh, you're back to reading the old fashioned way. The- <laughs> <laughs> reading the old-fashioned way i don't yeah, do the, audiobooks so no, there is okay. no audi- old-fashioned way here wow yeah. ancient times i know um <laughs> uh, okay so cool let's get into a little bit of podcast librarian how would you define what a podcast librarian is i have been thinking about this a lot i've been doing this job for three years so i've been sort of like reflecting upon the position as long as i've had it um and i think it boils down to I help people find podcasts that they're going to love. And I think the like way in which that happens has been different over the last couple of years. The job has definitely evolved. But on the whole, a librarian is not a scary concept to people, either to a person who is making something or a person who is trying to figure out like what they're going to enjoy. Feels friendlier. It just, like, who doesn't love a library? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's just me. Like, I basically grew up in libraries. So, like, yeah. I, I love libraries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, well, you know, you got your library skills. I know a little bit about a library. You used okay. to work at archives. We cool. had, uh, yes. you had your Dewey Decimal Systems. Yeah. You had your categorizing yep. things. You had shelves. Uh-huh. What does a podcast librarian have? <laughs> Very few of those things. Yeah, very <laughs> few of those things. So, um, so I'm not going to nerd out completely about library categorization systems right now, but um, the Dewey Decimal System is inc- incredibly flawed. So we're not going <laughs> to delve into why. Like I, I very early on thought, like maybe we do need a Dewey Decimal System for podcasts. And then I learned about the Dewey Decimal System more. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. I don't think we need no, this. No, it's terrible. It's really not good. Um But also, like, podcasts are sort of a different beast entirely. And, like, the whole background of library organizational systems has to do with being able to find stuff. Mm -hmm. Because with physical media, you actually do need to know where something is located. And with podcasts, they're, like, born digital first. So, like, like they exist in a lot of places at once and things can, like, be cross-referenced and that's great. Um, And I think the other piece that makes it really challenging is that uh, library categorization systems are sort of like hierarchical, like they start with like someone up here being like, this is the organization and everybody has to implement it. And Mm -hmm. since podcasting is very like grassroots bottom up, um, a like imposed categorization system is a lot harder to like 
You can't, you can't easily do it because... So is there anything that exists? Yes, however. <laughs> <laughs> um, the closest thing we have right now is like Apple Podcasts categorization. However, there's two flaws with that. One is that um, I don't know where they came from. <laughs> we don't know how they're defined. We don't know like who decided what. Yeah. Um, and more importantly, and actually probably more confusingly, the person who makes the media gets to decide where it gets placed. And that's not like... Someone can just say, like, this podcast should be in, like, sports and also society and culture and also this other thing that I think is really important because those are, like, our audiences. So clearly they will be there. So we'll put it there. But that doesn't mean that's the right place to put it. I saw a forum the other day that was, like, people complaining about the categorizing systems. And one woman was like, how the fuck is gardening and anime the same thing? Like, it doesn't make any sense that, like... I don't know a who pod- came up with these things. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I totally understand. Sometimes yeah. never works out, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah. you help people discover podcasts, mm-hmm. discoverability, large problem in podcast oh, world. Yeah. A lot of people seem to be talking about yes. it. Do you want to do a little bit of a lightning round of podcast recommendations? <laughs> uh, sure. I'm going to probably have to pull out my phone. No, but like, I'm no. Ready. no okay, I'm going to try and use my no. brain. No. Okay, we'll try and use your brain. We'll try and just go gut instinct. Don't even think about it. Just whatever first comes to mind doesn't have to be a real podcast. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Oh, man. No. Well, I could make up podcasts right well, now? Well, I mean, just say it, David. It's probably a fucking <laughs> podcast at some point. Like, somebody's probably getting it. So we're going to do a podcast lightning round. <laughs> A show that makes me feel like I'm outdoors, but I don't have to leave my apartment. Oh my God, I've got two. (laughs) Outside In from New Hampshire Public Radio has the catchiest theme song ever, totally listen. And then Out There um, is sort of like personal essays about being outdoors. Perfect. A food podcast that's only about one kind of food. I'm going to recommend Spicy Eyes, which is about the food of, like, Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay. Uh, A show that I can just, like, kick back and relax while wearing a tinfoil hat and having conspiracy theories. (laughs) Um, Relaxing conspiracy theories? Yeah, relaxing conspiracy theories, like, in a casual way. I feel like Yahoo's had a couple of, like trying to dig into how something very large works recently but i'm not remembering the names of any of them okay a show about architecture but it also talks about snakes sometimes (laughs) (laughs) um i so no idea however (laughs) i wish more of them were requested like this because this makes it way easier to search for them (laughs) because you're actually using language that's like okay this might be a search term and this might be a search term perfect um a podcast where there's never the same host whoa so um, somebody actually asked me this relatively recently. Um, Death, Sex, and Money, when Anna Sale had her first and then second baby, they did the maternity leave lineup. Or it was just like previous people who'd been on the show were like the host of the show interviewing somebody else. Okay, a podcast that's almost entirely about robots. Uh, there's Robot or Not, which is a three-minute <laughs> podcast about robots or not. <laughs> okay, a podcast that's recorded in a very obscure location. So underwater, top of mountain, in a secluded like uh, bunker somewhere. Whoa. Could be fiction or nonfiction. Uh, okay, fiction or nonfiction. Um, girl in Space is a audio diary of a girl in space and a spaceship by herself. Similarly, Pod de Pluto <laughs> is just a girl with... Her robot companion <laughs> talking to, yeah, it's a lot of space pod fiction podcasts. So Girl in Space or, or Pod to Pluto would both qualify for that in my mind. Okay, so let's just go with one. The weirdest show in podcast. Oh, actually, this is not weird, but I'm really glad that it exists. There's um, 
a couple of podcasts that have started to do just like ambient sounds outside. Mm-hmm. And I now live in a city and I really miss the sounds of outside. <laughs> I used to live farther out in the country where bird sounds were a lot more normal. But um, Kentuckiana Sounds from Louisville Public Media, which is just like field recordings from out around the state of Kentucky. Weirdest podcast, really a solid tee up for this show. But <laughs> well, I don't think this podcast is weird. I think that the things you discuss are a little bit weird, but like the podcast itself isn't no. weird. Like it just feels like warm and cozy. <laughs> okay, so now there are a lot of algorithms out there that are going to try and beat you at recommending podcasts. I don't, that's not, uh, yeah. So I'm, what, what, I guess like my yeah. question is, what makes you different or better than the algorithms that are coming to steal this job? Uh, I'm perfectly okay with people trying to do this better. <laughs> and by people, I also mean computers. Cool. Um, <laughs> because, so part of it is just like, I. so in order for these algorithms to work better, like algorithms have to have data in order to make them work. And to me, part of that has to do with podcasts being found. And being found is about discoverability, but it's also like really intentional choices made by podcasters Hmm. to get their stuff found. So that's like better episode titles. That's actually writing descriptions for all of your episodes. It's making sure that your podcast's branding isn't like overlapping with existing branding from somewhere else. Like all of the things that have to do with just like marketing and also being understood by the audience that you were seeking starts to feed into how podcasts are found and then also how algorithms can start dealing with all of this other stuff. We'll be back with more from Mayan after this quick break. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe 
ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. You mentioned that your job has changed a lot over the last few years. What was it like in the beginning? Walk me through one-on-one hand curation. Oh, man. Who, who, like, let's go everybody. three years ago, I yeah. start up. Who's coming to you looking for podcast recommendations? Literally everybody. Via what? Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> like, are they, they emailing? They sending, like, little letters to you? I are wish they'd they send me more letters. That would have been amazing. Um, so uh, Radio Public's first product was a listening app. And we actually had uh, like a request form in the app of Ask the Podcast Librarian. Um, so we just were like getting these coming at me all the time. I don't even know. Like I, at the point at which we s- closed down this like request form, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I don't even know. Like we stopped counting at some point because it was so many. But that's just like, yeah, your face just did the yeah, thing that was, no, like, I was like. I was like, oh, my God. It's just like <laughs> the worst. Like, I mean, it is like I'm very happy every time to always recommend podcasts to people and yeah. stuff like that. But like it's just a grind after a while. OK, but the more people who talk to us <laughs> about the things they were looking for, the better we could organize the things that we'd found. So it wasn't like every single person got something completely different yeah. than everybody else. Like after a couple hundred or a couple thousand, you'd start to get a better sense of like, OK, here's the landscape. Yep. Here's what's out there. If someone's saying this combination of words or these combination of podcasts that they already like, this will probably end up working for them. And what that turned into was instead of doing a lot of that one on one like somebody sends us a message we send a message back which i will say a lot of people loved and like are kind of sad doesn't exist anymore because every so often i'll meet somebody who's like i sent a message to you once and you answered and i was like yeah that was literally (laughs) me literally me um i think the evolution of that was hearing how people were talking about things made it a lot easier for us to start beginning curating sort of collections of podcasts um and then as we learned how to curate those collections ourselves people started approaching us to curate collections as well what was a favorite collection Oh, again, my brain is like outsourced to a bunch of spreadsheets, which is another secret of podcast librarianing is that I all of my stuff is extremely well organized. Yeah. Talk- <laughs> um, but I can I can think of there were a couple of podcasts that I found in this process that like I'm so glad they exist. Like this is the kind of thing where like thank goodness podcasting like became a thing because otherwise we wouldn't have such gems as what the cluck a podcast about chicken farming Perfect. Or <laughs> or I Love Queso So Much, which is exactly as it says on the label. It's a podcast about people who love queso a lot. That's very good. And then my favorite of all time, which is like pure art, is called The Purr Cast, where somebody just recorded cats purring. <laughs> that, yeah. No, I would listen to that. I'd gems. Listen to that. Pure gems. It's yeah. amazing. Oh, man. That actually makes me feel bad because I was thinking about recording my dog sleeping. Oh, no, I would totally listen to it. It's like vaguely <laughs> as ASMR-y, but it's not – like I think part of it is just the, the fact that this medium is like – it's so open and you can do whatever you want with it. Like that's what people have decided to do with it. I was going to call it Pupcast and everything. Oh, no, but they probably <laughs> Pupcast exists already. What's I assume your, there's a Pup – What is your dog's name? Sebastian. Sebastcast. Sebastcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay, now we're getting shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is great. Yeah. Uh, it's another piece of podcast librarian is you start to see the podcasts that don't exist. Like you see where there's a lot of stuff happening and then you start to see where there isn't stuff happening. So there's sort of like an almost like market research on the industry to know like what are the words that people tend to use the most when you see this kind of podcast. Quick side question. Listening speed. 
Where are you at? I'm one. solid. 1.3 is the best <laughs> listening speed. Fight me. So, okay. So we'll give it for just a general, like, what the max listening speed you would, could go to is like five times as fast, three times as no. fast. Um, I times. So occasionally for interview shows, which again are like a little few and far between at this point for me, I will go to 1.5. But uh, I tend to do 1.3 for pretty much everything unless it's like a music podcast or a really like intentionally sound design podcast. I really like the breathing space that people put in sometimes. Ours uh, you could listen to like 1.5. I think too. so. <laughs> I I think it was like 1.3, 1.5 for this. I think it depended on like how excited your guest was. Be like, oh yeah, how fast are they talking? And I'm probably talking too fast to make it work well for. No, 1.5. no, no. Okay, so that's just totally random question. No, site. it's important because I <laughs> Wait, am like. Is it? <laughs> I, I do think it's important because people are like really about like the preserving of the art and like art isn't the experience of the consumer in a lot of ways. Like I also hate that I just use the word consumer when talking about art, but <laughs> it's real and it happens right now. Um, I think 1.3 preserves a lot of the integrity of like the the way in which it was made, but also like recognizing at least for me that I have a lot of listening to do and I'm not missing that much if I'm speeding up just a little bit. So like broader question. TV's really good right now. TV's in a golden age. Things are great. Why would somebody who's a new podcast listener even get involved in podcasts, do you think? Uh, that's an excellent question, and I think it has to do with the... I hate using the word intimacy, but I think that actually has something to do with it. Um, <laughs> do you think it's like a lack thereof in other mediums? Or well, do you think it's just like people are like, ooh, I, you know, this is... I'm craving a more intimate media consumption experience. I, I don't know if they're thinking like <laughs> I'm looking for an intimate media experience. So um, I was a film major in college. So like I think a lot about like how people are consuming media, especially visual media, because that was that was my jam. It still is my jam in a lot of ways. So when I had a podcast listening to my life, I didn't decrease the amount of other media consumption I was doing. I just sort of like added media into more of my day. Hmm. So I think television and movie occupies a place in which we have our like eyes and ears engaged at the same time. But there's actually a lot more moments in my life now that my eyes are engaged, but my ears are not. So hmm. walking places, I knit a lot. I also cook like these are all things that I can't easily like watch something while also doing the other activity, but I can listen hmm. at this point. Uh, like movies and television are a lot of them are based on the recommendation algorithms of whatever like thing I'm using or the recommendations of my friends. But then podcasting is like this thing that just still feels all mine. That, yeah. Like I found a thing and I love it and I get to like love it whenever <laughs> I want to love it. So for you, what makes something a good podcast? Like what is like what are the qualities after listening to thousands and thousands of hours of podcasts that make it something that you want to keep listening to? Hmm. I have probably the most knowledge around food podcasts personally, and I am willing to try pretty much everything, but I'm a little bit over just like interview podcasts about food. Um, even if the person that they're talking to is super interesting. And I say that with the caveat that I love Samin Nosrat and I will listen to any podcast that has her on because I want her to have a podcast really badly. Um, I know that she probably won't because she did her like one little thing and we're fine. It's good. Um, I think at this point, the things that make me say this is good, I want to listen to more is either a style that I hadn't heard before and I was I really became enamored with it right now that's really like becoming audio fiction okay. there's a lot of like fun interesting creative independent work being made and they 
keep on surprising me and also making me reflect upon like the real world that we're in um i think i'm like being bombarded with so much like information and like news and the world that like nonfiction sort of burns me out sometimes and fiction is like somewhat of an escape but also makes me reflect upon the world that i live in a little bit more which i like so what's a good nonfiction one you're thinking or fiction one a you're good thinking fiction of? one i'm thinking of oh no the phone comes out again <laughs> um Kalila Stormfire's Magical Economic Services. It's about a witch who uh, runs her own business and mm-hmm. she's like somewhat being sabotaged, but also she's like solving these really specific problems about like emotion and trauma and like things that witches are obviously really good at. Yeah, obviously. We yeah. all know. We had, come yeah, on. Exactly. Um, the story is wonderful <laughs> and the, I'm really excited now to listen to the whole of the second season as well. Okay, so. Like, here's the thing, like, in some ways, like, I feel like I've been listening and reading a lot of podcasters, and I go back and I read a lot of their stuff, and here's a constant complaint. No one understands me. I know I put in all this work, and I don't make any money, and there's no way to make money in this field, and only a few people get to make it, and then all of a sudden, a few years later, a bunch of money starts coming in. Everybody's like, fuck all this money. I like it's gonna ruin everything. We're all gonna live behind a paywall, and, and Barstool Sports is gonna be the only one who makes <laughs> podcasts. Like this is like the future from just like a few years ago to now. The dystopian vision seems very intense. So right. I'm wondering, like, if everything went terrible, what would podcast? Do you actually look- want that? Yeah, answer? yeah, yeah. I'm curious. My worry is that podcasts will sort of be eaten up as just audio content and not really like without a second thought. Um, not all video is YouTube. YouTube is a very specific implementation of video on the web. Hmm. So I think for me, I'm looking at podcasting and thinking like there's a piece of this that's about the technology. There's a piece of this about the community. There's a piece of this around like what does open access to like a democratic internet really mean? Um, my worry is that it gets owned by people who don't make the content, that it gets like sectioned off and you have to pay for any slash all of it and that that money isn't going to the people who've made it. There are pieces of, of what's currently happening that worry me around that. I think there's a beautiful thing in anyone being able to make something right now that if money starts to like completely distort what someone's definition of success looks like or that the money is going to not creators, that worries me. So what's the utopian vision? More voices that have not been heard yet get heard. And that's like in other languages of narratives that just aren't finding homes anywhere else because people can actually like come to this medium and use it because almost all of us know how to use our voices. Um, and the corollary, if people want to make money, they can do it without completely selling themselves out. So I think that's the utopian vision for me. Like I, I want people to be able to keep on making stuff and like love making it and also like not go broke doing it. Not go broke making cool stuff they want to make. Yeah. I mean, that's like part of, in my mind, the beautiful thing about the internet is that anyone can make stuff. But ideally also anyone can make stuff and also live off of that is like kind of the dream for me. Anything else that you want to just like get out into the world about podcasting and what you do? I don't think that there are too many podcasts. I think that there are a lot of them, but I also know that there are so many things that aren't being made or people haven't really thought about making yet. So if I were to recommend anything to people thinking about making podcasts, I would say look at what you know and what you are like really like knowledgeable about or care about. And that is the thing that you should be following, not trying to be the thing that somebody else is already. Um, I think the thing that makes podcasts stand out to me is when there's like an element of personal passion and like a spark that you can hear in somebody's voice when they're talking about it. 
Um, but that really comes from knowing yourself and the thing that you want to make, which is art is hard. Like that is the truth. Um, but to really like set yourself up to do it well for yourself and the audience that you're trying to serve, not try to be like everybody and everything to everyone. I think that's my advice. Today's episode was written and produced by Matthew Brown. Music comes courtesy of Tyler Litwin. And we'd like to thank Mayan again for stopping by the studio. If you're a fan of the show, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Weird Work. We'll throw some links up to the shows Mayan mentioned, so be sure to check those out. And if you have a weird job, if you know someone with a weird job, or maybe if you just want to wave a friendly hand our way, you can reach us at hello at weirdworkpodcast.com. As always, I'm Sam Balter, and stay weird, you train-hopping audio junkies. <laughs>